Welcome to the Leaps of Faith podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Coleman. I'm so glad you're here. Whether this is an interview with an active member of the church, an ex-Mormon, or anyone in between, remember to be curious and to create space in your heart and mind. We are here to bridge the divide between us. Now, let's get to the interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Leaps of Faith podcast. Um, Our episode tonight is actually should be called the Leaps of Faith podcast after dark because this is the (laughs) first evening recording I'm doing of this show. Um, Do you call it a show? Is a podcast a show? No, I think it is. Okay, we'll call it a show. I love it. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) today... I am interviewing um, my dear sister. My hey. she's my only sister. We are each other's only sister, as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I would have her on tonight. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here. Right. I don't know. We still need to learn all the podcast lingo. My apologies to any listener out there. I did not do my research on the vocabulary for this so but that's what makes it fun that's what makes it unique and like who (laughs) who cares honestly it's your podcast okay um so let's just kind of start the beginning so first I told everyone in the first episode I'm the oldest of four children so it goes me and then Kylie 11 months later and then our our two little brothers each year and a half after that so we're super close in age but yeah that was the the children order that we were in growing up um so Kylie you can go all the way back to the very beginning but can you just kind of tell us your whole story just your your faith journey that you've been on okay wow that's a big that's a big bomb to drop now that I think about it because, I mean, that's just such a great question, but I I don't think I ever really think about my life as a faith journey, but considering, you know, how we were raised, which is the best thing I think I've ever been through, it has been such a faith journey into my adulthood. So, yeah, let me just start from the beginning. From what I remember, remember at least, obviously. Okay. So (laughs) I remember the day I was born. I'm just kidding. Okay. So I remember eight years old. So eight years old, obviously, as many people know, at least I assume, at least in Utah, where I'm from, (laughs) Utah, when you're eight years old, you get baptized into the LDS church, essentially. I remember the day I was baptized, my dad was super sick. And he was, like, tossing up the idea that maybe my uncle would have to baptize me because he was so sick. And for some reason, it, like, crushed my heart that my dad couldn't baptize me because I just had so much love for my dad. At the end of the day, my dad did baptize me, which made me so beyond happy. But then I remember sitting there. So after you get baptized, you get, like, the blessing of the Holy Ghost afterwards. And I remember sitting there. The best thing ever. My dad just baptized me. I'm in the LDS church. Best day ever. And I remember sitting there and I'm like, wait, I don't feel the Holy Ghost. For some reason, I thought you had to like feel the Holy Ghost when you were blessed to get the Holy Ghost. Anyways, so that was like the first thought I had. Was eight years old. I was like, 
is this real? I know that's so aggressive, I guess you could say, for like an eight-year-old over one little incidence. Anyway, so time goes on. But still, you have, you know, you have those expectations. Like, that completely makes sense that you would expect to feel something special at that time as an eight-year-old in particular. No, for sure. Thank you. And so ever since that day, I kind of not questioned the church because I think that would how do I word that? That would be a little aggressive to say I question the church because, like, again, <clears throat> I was only eight years old. I didn't know the extent of what the church involved, right? So from what I knew from the church and my knowledge of the church as an eight-year-old, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, it, I think the expectations I put upon myself and maybe what I was told growing up made me question things. So fast forward to when I was 18 years old. I leave to go to college at BYU-Idaho, which is where my family's from, and I'm expecting this great experience, this whole, yeah, I'm around family, this is, like, where my roots are from, love this. Okay, so I start in September, fast forward to February, I have, like, a, you know, I've always suffered from depression and anxiety, and we can get into that later, Long story short, I was put in a mental hospital into Idaho. I come back home to Utah. My parents came and got me. Come back home to Utah. I leave the church. A few months later, the following October, I completely leave the church. I literally jump off the deep end, as people would say, and what I have classified myself as jumping off the deep end. I buzzed all of my hair off. I bleached it. I, you know, I left the church. I slept around. I pierced my ears. I did drink alcohol. I did all the things, all the things. So a year later when I was 20, I said, okay, I have been guilted maybe by myself, maybe the influence of others. We can get into that later of my ward, but maybe myself too. I was guilted into coming back into the church. So I go and meet with my bishop. And I say, hey, I want to come back to church. I want to do all the things to be, you know, active in the church again. And he asks what I have done in the last year from coming home from college. And I told him all the things. And a very rough conversation. <laughs> he, puts me on pro- he puts me on probation and he, he said he was going to excommunicate me. And he said, maybe we'll just disfellowship you, but for now you're on probation. I was like, okay, I'm 20 years old. I haven't even been to the temple. Like, it was a shock for me coming from the lifestyle I was raised with. Because I was planning to go on a mission. Because they they did the age change right before I went to college. And I was like, great, I will go on a mission when I'm 19. Um, You know, I I did everything I could. To go, but I guess the medication I was on restricted me from being able to serve a mission. I was like, that's fine. And there were some rumors in our family <laughs> of why I didn't go on a mission, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, so then, yeah, then the whole story of what I just told happened. And then, so it was devastating to me that I was put on probation because I was, you know, looking back, I was just trying to figure out my life. Through mental illness, through, you know, everything that everyone goes through, it was devastating. And 
yeah and so then after a few years doing the same thing and a lot has changed from then until now yeah I was gonna point that out too because it would have been especially difficult because you know it feels like everyone in our circles now has gone through you know some kind of church discipline at some point in their lives but back then it was not as visible no absolutely not like I was okay so I didn't tell this tell this part but the bishop at the time when I tried to get back in the church kicked me out of his office because I thought I could trust the bishop and I'll just tell you what I said to him before I got kicked out I said because of the judgment I have received from our from the ward I was in at the time I said I don't want to go to the celestial kingdom if these people are there because of the hurt I went through, right? Because I was judged so hard. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you are judging them the same way they are judging you, you can get out of my office. I was like, okay. So I left because I felt not validated isn't the right word. Again, he's not a therapist. We're all human. You know what I mean? But it, it, it was such a, it was such a blow to the yeah. spiritual aspect of my life that 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 my bishop kicked me out of the office someone I thought I could look up to and trust about spiritual things and I confided in him about spiritual things and so as a 20 year old who hadn't really been through much in life in the sense of spirituality like spiritual blows I guess you could say <laughs> um, right it was devastating to hear that from someone who was you know if you come from the Mormon culture a bishop is oh that's a bishop you know and so to have that happen, it was pretty devastating. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that would, that would be rough. Um, and it, yeah, it, it just, it seems like a lot for someone, especially who hadn't been through the temple yet. That just seems like a lot on your plate. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward, so I just heard, so I'm obviously not active in the church to this day, not because of what happened, but because of my own personal spiritual beliefs. Um, we can get into that in a little bit, but um, I guess the strength, for the strength of youth just came out and said, like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says you can have piercings and whatnot, you know, multiple. And I thought, okay, so my parents' generation could have multiple piercings. Me and my sister's generation could not. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the younger generation right below us can have multiple piercings. And I go, okay, so I had multiple piercings. Of course, I did other things as well. But I had multiple piercings. And when people saw that, they, what's the right word? Not ignored me, but they like, judged or dismissed yeah you. exactly and and so when i heard that this younger generation can all of a sudden have them and still go to the temple and have you know i've heard i've heard people in the temple have you know earrings up their ear you know and they're still loved by god you should as people say you know and so i go how come quote unquote i couldn't be loved by god if i had multiple piercings in our generation and i think whatever reason that may be I needed that for my growth here on this earth and you know the initial thought of it is like oh that's so frustrating I got judged so hard and so you know that put me in turmoil and all the things 
But I needed that. I needed to go through that for whatever reason. And I have my own beliefs of why I needed to go through that now. It sucked. But I'm so grateful I did because of everything I went through, I have never been closer to God to this day. No, I don't. I'm not any religion. And I probably never will be. I mean, knock on, not knock on wood, but like as of today, (laughs) (laughs) I probably won't ever be in like an organized religion. But I love God more than words can describe. I couldn't have told you that even two years ago. That's the thing is like every little thing that has happened to me for whatever reason has brought me to who I am to this day. And I love that. And I wouldn't even told you that two years ago. I says, I would have said, whatever happened to me, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you want to die more. You know, what? like that was my, that was my saying. But now I'm just like, no, I'm so grateful I went through that because I love who I am today. Wow. That is inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. That's what a beautiful way to look at your past experiences. And and yeah, I, I also don't attend anymore, but I was telling Emily in our interview that, you know, my testimony is still in my heart as the place, you know, where I first created my relationship with God and um, absolutely learned how to explore that and to lean on God in my difficulties. And um, yeah, so I, I love that you can look back on that and, and see how far you've come and see so much positivity in it even though it was hard and I love that you just said that like the whole our upbringing I would never change our upbringing for anything I absolutely love that I was raised you know at the end of the day to love God and so actually tonight I had a epiphany whatever you want to call it so I recently started praying again and just like in my heart I don't get down on my knees by my bed I don't do the whole whatever I just like if I'm in the shower if I'm driving I'm like yo I have a question you know I I make it like so (laughs) casual because that's what like how that's how it relates to me and I feel like at peace with that and people can do whatever they want I feel like God loves you okay anyways we don't need to get into that whatever okay so I was starting praying again and lately I have been having the biggest blessings in my life. I'm like, what the heck? Ever since I started praying, you know, all these things are happening, like, good for me. Like, my mindset on life has changed, like, everything. And growing up, I used to think, okay, not growing up, but, like, in my phase of, like, 18 years old, like, 24, I was like, oh, if you pray, oh, only if you pray, that's when only good things will happen to you because... Not that God is selfish, but, like, that's almost, like, my mindset was, like, just super black and white. Yeah. And so I'm, like, God only wants you to pray to him because he's God, right? And that's when he'll only bless you. Well, tonight I had this epiphany. And it's, and basically, I have a thought of, God isn't saying, like, see, only when you pray are you blessed. I had a thought. Um, He goes, oh my goodness, I've missed you. Let me show you that I've missed you. And so like, that's when he blesses your life. If that makes any sense at all. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that perspective. It's so, it's so full of um, like abundance and gratitude and rather than coercion, 
or yeah. I think that's a really beautiful perspective on prayer. And when think good when good things happen to me, I like lately <laughs> I've tried to like thank God. And even when I was active in the church, I've always had the struggle of like I can't thank God enough, if that makes sense. Like I can't show him how grateful I am because it will never be enough of how grateful I am. And so when I was thanking him in my prayer for all these good things that have been happening to me, I, I started to fall back into that mindset of, oh, it will never be good enough to like thank him. And then I had this great thought of, I believe God gave me this thought. And he goes, no, thank you for letting me create you and just existing on this earth. Like that's thanks enough. Oh, that's amazing. And yes, I know I remember this and I have these tendencies. I think with a lot of our mental health, we have like identical tendencies, but yours is just much stronger. Um, yeah, definitely. So I, maybe, I don't know if you agree or not, but I see a lot in you that I see in myself, but to a smaller degree. No, um, absolutely. <clears throat> Let me, <clears throat> well, my voice. <clears throat> <clears throat> I don't talk this much normally. Okay. <laughs> I work alone, so it's fine. Um, I mean, I don't mind sharing. For those who don't know, I have been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, um, which is not, I have, it does not mean I have 17 personalities that flip on and off. <clears throat> it means my emotions flip on and off. And when my emotions are high, they are so high. Like, imagine the greatest emotion you've ever felt times that by 10. That's a daily emotion for me, you know? And then, like, the numbest you've ever, ever felt times that by 10. And that's also a, a daily emotion for me. Like, my emotions just, like, switch. That's what borderline personality is. And so, yeah. So, like, religion and having borderline personality disorder has been a big struggle because of the thought processes I have. And so being able to not justify, that's not the right word, but I don't know the right word for it. Honestly, but to just come like, to terms with it. Yeah. Yeah. Just to quiet it and to calm yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So that's been a huge relief for me that I can function in a world with God and myself, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. That is just, I could not have worded that any better. Exist in a world with both God and myself. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, exactly. So you have borderline personality disorder and I just have a generalized anxiety disorder. And so, but I, you know, even though we have different diagnoses, I they obviously come from the same DNA. Um, So I think we have a lot of the same tendencies because I also struggle with what I call big feelings where I, Mm. um, something normal, like just an everyday event will happen and I will far overreact using, using the right emotion, but like blown way out of proportion. So like, yeah, If, like, I remember growing up, you know, with your gratitude thing, like, if a good thing would happen, I would be crying, saying thank you prayers in my closet. Yeah. But not to the extent of you where you would have it so hard that you felt like you couldn't even start saying thank you because it would never be enough. So, like, 
I felt that like, that's why I was like crying and stuff, you know, to like really yeah. emphasize just how grateful I was. Cause I was so grateful because it was such a big feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yours is just, you know, more intense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been, and I, I truly believe like, quote unquote, when I jumped off the deep end when I was 19, obviously that had so much to do with my mental illness and like why I came up from college. Like that's a big reason not to say it was re- religious at all whatsoever. I have no hard feelings against the LDS church at all. Even though I'm not active, I just don't see the reason in hating <laughs> at all or just anyways. Yeah. We don't even know, whatever. Okay. But like it was what I wanted versus who I was at the time. And so those two things to mix in my world is very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And so even the reactions I got from people was very difficult for me. Like the judgments I got from the ward, my bishop's reaction, you know, like I'm not saying they were right in how they reacted and neither was I, but like it was just such a big like, religion was huge for me. It was our life. A daily life thing was religion. Right mm-hmm. now. Like, it it revolved. Like, our lives revolved, revolved around religion. And so, it was a big adjustment, I should say. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's definitely an adjustment. So, I think that was the hardest um, hill to climb for me. And I'm not over the hill yet, but I feel like... I have made great strides. <laughs> oh gosh, you have. You have. I can I can hear it in the way you talk about it. You've yeah. made so much progress. It's it's fantastic. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, okay, so keep going. Do you have more to touch on after twenty four years old? Like any anything you want to describe? Any maybe specific experiences or general changes in how you think? Most of it is as of recent, like as in the last eight months. So when I turned 21, okay, so I started drinking when I was 18. When I turned 24, I realized I was an alcoholic, like full-blown alcoholic at 24 years old. I was drinking at work. I was drinking when I got home. I was drinking and driving. I'm not proud of it by any means, but that's just what happened. Up until about 20, okay, so I was 26 when I went to rehab. Well, okay, I just turned 27. So I turned 27, barely. I went to rehab. It absolutely did nothing for me. It was a LDS-based rehab, and I don't really know how to describe it. It's not a bad facility. So I've been to a couple of mental hospitals and those were, excuse my language, a living hell. And this rehab facility, it was like an Alpine home. It was a very nice home. Like it was very expensive to go to this. Um, not, not that I'm saying that at all. Like I'm just saying that that's how nice it was. Like they mm-hmm. like provided all the meals. They like, it was like a, four-story place like they tried to make it feel like a home and I love that and so it wasn't like the white wall mental hospitalized hospitals I've been to 
but the how do I word it? The nurses there, the therapists there, the everything there was so LDS, and they were very tunnel vision LDS, if that makes sense, like very old school LDS. Mm-hmm. And so it made it very not difficult to navigate, but it wasn't working for me. So I stayed there for a month. I left early out, out of a like against doctor order. Um, but when I got out of rehab, I think it was when my real quote unquote rehab started. Um, and that's when I started to turn to God, not out of like, oh, I should do this. Oh, rehab told me I should do this. But out of like, I have nothing left. Like my life is literally falling apart. Like I can't even wake up without thinking of alcohol. And it was aggressive. And the, I, not because I loved alcohol, but because I loved to numb my thoughts. And that right. goes back into my borderline personality. It was like, oh, I don't have to, like, think of all these heightened emotions anymore. Like, I don't have to, like, I don't have to think. And I loved not thinking because when I was sober, all I did was think. And it was aggressive thinking. Aggressive thinking 24-7. I'm not thinking, yeah. like, I don't sleep Exhausting. because of it. Exhausting. Yeah, I don't sleep because of my thoughts. Like, I'm on a very heavily medicated sleeping pill because of how bad my thoughts like my thoughts are just constantly going but um I was like yo dude god like I can't do this anymore if you're real help me like it started out very bare minimum it wasn't like oh I believe in you you're my lifesaver like you know all the things like it was like yo if you're there help me kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then I started to notice like oh wow it's kind of cool like talk to someone in my head other than these thoughts and so I was like, I'm just going to pretend I'm talking to myself. But in reality, I was like, God, please hear me. Right. <laughs> but, and I, I never, let me clarify, I never stopped believing in God through all these years. I have always believed in God. Love God to death. Was I mad at him for many years? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it was more like <laughs> coming to Jesus figuratively and literally (laughs) (laughs) and so it was like it was what I needed personally to start off bare minimum and I just worked my way up until yeah until what I said tonight and I think it's just like when this full circle mm, no I scratched that it's not full circle because it it could it be an upward spiral yeah that's what I'm saying like it wasn't how I was born to think it was so it was full circle in the sense of what my soul knew who god was right and i'm back to what that is not how the world portrayed god in my world so yeah i think that is so beautiful just i love the way you just were able to cut everything down to the bare minimum and that's where you found god and the beauty of it was in the simplicity, which is like the opposite of what has been in your mind since birth. You know, that's, that's yeah. chaos. And now you found God in what's simple. And I think that's just beautiful. Yeah. This simplicity has been incredible. It's been an incredible blessing in my life. Like I've, I've needed this because the God I knew 
and put upon myself to think I needed to know growing up was a very complicated God and a very fear God kind of mindset. And now I'm just like, nah, Jesus is my homie. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm better. gonna title this episode. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna tattoo that on my forehead now. Nah, Jesus is my homie. <laughs> nah, I think that one belongs on your neck. Oh, <gasps> even better. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I love that you're your faith journey, um, even though you've been through some really rough waters, you've come, you feel like you just recently, you've come to a safe harbor where you can anchor, yeah. refuel, and then continue to face the storms of life. So I think I'm, I'm really happy for you and how far you've come and the conclusions you've, you've come to about God. Thank you. That means a lot to hear from you. And, you know, like I said, I, I don't have any hard feelings towards the LDS church. I am not trying to project my hurt onto the LDS church or the people who did me wrong. I think we are all human. It doesn't matter what religion you are from. Yes, these people hurt me who happen to be part of the LDS church. But I think the LDS church has great standards. Like, if that works for you, I love that for you. But this works for me, and I love that for me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's no room for, in my eyes, in my eyes, I can't say that for everyone. In my eyes, I go, I love that for you, for anyone. Unless it's murder, don't do that. <laughs> we think the same way. <laughs> I had that so conversation with a couple of my friends the other day, and I added that at the end. Too. <laughs> everyone can do what they want, except murder. Don't murder. <laughs> I don't I'm not the number one fan of Dateline though so don't even worry about that don't even worry (laughs) um yeah okay so awesome um okay so we've gone over your faith journey and you can keep of course adding in stories that come to mind from your life you know as you think of them but um let's dive into some some real meaty topics here if you're ready oh no of course I'm ready (laughs) okay um so what what's something from the church that you carry with you whether it's good or bad what's something that that has become a part of you um whether and that can be a positive thing or a negative thing honestly it's the hurt I have from it like I know what I just said that no bad vibes towards them because I genuinely don't. But my personal initial thought is Mormons hurt me. So I don't like that, if that makes sense. Like, it's more of a something I probably need to talk about in therapy. But no, like, no, but it's like if you, if you get hurt by a polar bear you're probably going to stay away from all bears going forward you know yes thank you that's exactly like (laughs) my initial response yes it's like oof that hurts yeah but whatever people do that about all kinds of groups of people yeah Yeah. so that's completely understandable so yeah it's (laughs) thanks for justifying that it's that that (laughs) yeah 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 of course just that 
that hurt. Um, and I love how you also talked about how, you know, it's the hurt, but it's the growth too. Yes. I would not have, I would not be who I am without it. Yes, it sucked, but I'm so grateful for who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you probably run in a lot of circles, you know, with ex-members of the church. I'm sure you're friends with some members of the church. How do you navigate between the differences and the similarities of the beliefs and experiences of both active members and ex-members? Sorry, I know that's a loaded question. No, I love that. So I'll give my answer from the remembrance of what you just said. So... (laughs) (laughs) One of my best friends is LDS, and she comes to the bar with me, and she is my DD, and we dance on the dance floor together all night, and she'll drink Red Bulls, and I'll put the rest of her Red Bull in my vodka, and so it's just like, the people that I know now who are LDS, and I who I have in my life, are the best people ever, well, not all of them, but most of them <laughs> are the best people ever. <laughs> The ones I hold near and dear to my heart, I should say, are the best people ever. And so that's how I have to, like, navigate it and think about it is that, like, yeah, just people I hold near and dear. I don't remember the end of the question, but that's what I had to say. <laughs> no, that's perfect because it sounds like you navigate those differences and similarities as, like, just person by person, you know? And, yeah. That person and just the love you have for that person. Like, I don't really vibe with a lot of people because I'm very selective on energy in people. And we can get into that another time. Like, (laughs) energy is huge to me. And so it doesn't matter if you're LDS, if you're Catholic, if you're Buddhist. You know, like, it's just your energy that you portray. Mm -hmm. And if you vibe with mine. And that's how I live my life now. Yeah. So what – I know this is a really, you know, intense topic. So – touch it or not touch it as much as you want but in what ways has leaving the church affected your relationships with family and friends and the broader community (laughs) i know i know it's a big one that's a tough question if you Um, decline to answer that's fine or or if you have parts yeah yeah i'll do what you will yes okay so for family as you know i was the guinea pig it was extremely hard me and my mom had the worst relationship for five plus years but now to this day I consider my mom my best friend has either of our religious viewpoints changed no have we grown as people absolutely yes and so (laughs) it's like the whole full circle thing again like would I change what I went through no did I hate it yes do I love who I am Yes. You know, I love where I am with my mom, like everything. Like, I just think now I think of the broader picture of things, touching on the friendship aspect. So I had a boyfriend. He broke up with me. So this is my car because I was too embarrassed to go home, even though mom and dad would have welcomed me with open arms. Absolutely. At that point. But I was so embarrassed. I had no friends because this is just out of high school. This is when I just came back from Idaho. So I was 18, 19 years old. And all of my friends in Utah had, quote unquote, disowned me because I left the church. And so I was too embarrassed to go anywhere. It's too poor to buy a place. 
So I lived in my cute little Camry for about six months from October to March. I felt like I had no one. Mm-hmm. Because of the path I had chosen in life. Yeah. And I mean, that was pretty, that was kind of before the, the current exodus um, yeah. of, you know, young adults from the church. And so, yeah it, yeah, it makes sense that you felt that you were on your own. Yeah. yeah. And then tell me about the broader community and how maybe you were able to find your current community. Um, so I still have no friends. <laughs> I have no community. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I have no knowledge on the broader community, but thanks for believing I did. <laughs> this is the best response I've ever had to that question. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Just being honest. I love it. <laughs> You're just like, so... I have no community, but thanks for believing in me. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> oh, man. That is fantastic. Hey, you know, you have the world's best community, and they are so good at being your community that you only need one. The great well, cat. Sigh. Yes. <laughs> okay. Talk to me about stereotypes. What stereotypes did you experience when you were in the church, whether you, like, saw them in others or heard about them? Or what ones have you seen about ex-Mormons since leaving the church? Okay, yeah. So Mormons have to go to BYU. They have to be blonde hair. They have to have blue eyes and pale skin. And they have to get married right after and have 17 kids and live a beautiful, wonderful life on Instagram. Ex-Mormons have to live in Salt Lake City. They have to be angry all the time. They have to have a bunch of piercings and tattoos. And they have to bash church all the time. Wow. I'm in the middle of that. That's what I've experienced. I'm sick of it. Why can't I just be Kylie who prays to God, has tattoos and piercings, bleaches her hair blonde, has naturally tan skin, but just loves life and is not hateful towards anyone? I'm going to finish with one more really big question that I think you will have a lot to say about. Um. What advice or insights would you give to someone who's questioning their faith or considering leaving the church? Hmm. I love that question because remember when you were paralyzed and you couldn't breathe and all the things and you thought of God and then the next morning, you know, you could breathe again. You know, when you were struggling with your depression and you didn't want to be around anymore. And you look to God and he helped you through the night. You know, like, there are just so many instances where I could say, no, go be free from all these expectations that not the church has put upon you. Maybe you've amplified upon yourself, which is fine. That's totally fine to do that because of where you're at. But go be Kylie, but never forget God. And... I think that just speaks to how personal our relationships with God can really be, you know, that that it should be, it's okay to, I mean, it's definitely okay, you know, to be an active member of the church, of course, and to to personal revelation guided by a prophet and everything, but it's also okay for someone to, you know, have their own unique, um, 
way with God. Well, I uh, think that's why it's called personal revelation. It can be guided by a prophet, and that's what you need, and I absolutely love that. My personal revelation, <laughs> like, sometimes tarot cards and, and and God, like, at the end of the day, both of us, whether you're active, whether you're doing whatever you think, at the end of the day, is God. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's like, whatever we personally need in this life, as it should be, not like, oh, it should be this, but like, that's just how it, that's how it is for us personally, is God, and God has personalized that for us in this lifetime, and so whatever that may be, that's the way God had planned it, that's how he knew it was going to be, and he still loves us, no matter what way that might be, so, yeah. Uh, Amen to that. Well, is there anything else like popping into your head or coming to mind that you'd want to share tonight? I just love everyone. I don't care if you're LDS. I don't care if you're not active LDS. I don't care if you're excommunicated. I don't care if you're Buddhist, Catholic, Protestant. I don't care. I just feel like I feel like God doesn't care. And I don't feel like there's a right church either. I just feel like God loves you. A beautiful message. Thank you. God loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget that neck tattoo. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yo, this is my homie. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who listened to this episode of the Leaps of Faith podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to have my dear sister on with me tonight. So thank you, Kylie, for chatting with me this evening absolutely and we will catch you all in the next you know what the best part is is that (laughs) it's not that you've like had experiences and hate people or like causing it's you're like i just i haven't had an opportunity (laughs) 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 my opportunities are on social media It's going to be really off-putting for everyone listening. (laughs) They're like, who's laughing?